Hello and welcome to another episode of the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s, 30s and 40s. I'm Chantel Dyson, a love and life coach, helping single women to bring in love of all kinds into their life. That includes self-love, it includes love for your friends and family and also bringing in that romantic love vibe and helping you navigate dating relationships while still being confident in your single life. And the latter part is what we're going to focus on today. We are coming up to, well, we were coming up to some warmer weather. It's gotten a little bit colder and I'm hoping that we can keep getting warmer and warmer again. But around this time of the year, it is not unreasonable for us to be starting to think about summer, about the sunshine coming in and about the different vibe. We've got the clocks going back soon as well. That is going to make all of the difference. I don't know about you, but I have thoroughly been enjoying the extra time that the lighter evenings have been bringing on. It just makes all the difference, doesn't it, that you don't have to travel to work in the dark and come home from work in the dark. Such a difference. But that means that mentally I know I'm starting to be like, what am I going to do with my summer? Now, I used to be a teacher and I used to get loads of time off. And whilst I still do supply work, I have to work through summer. Now, I don't mind that because I used to hate the six weeks off. Whether you're a teacher and get extended summers or not, it is nice to be able to start planning a few things to do in the summer. And obviously, the idea of a summer holiday is something to think about. Now, those of you that have listened before and know what's going on, I'm in a relationship now. So when I talk, I'm either talking about experiences in the most part of what happened when I was dating and when I was single, or if it's relevant to still talk about what's developing within the relationship. So you might be a little bit confused in terms of this element of why I can still talk about this and it's not just the same old, same old. Well, my relationship as it stands at the moment is not one in which we can just go off on holiday together because my partner has children and we've got a whole phase to do with that if we're going to do it right, if we're going to do it fairly. We have been seeing each other for seven, eight months now. Like it is getting on in general and that will naturally happen with time. And we'll have to go at the pace of the children. It's just part of it. But it also has impacts on finances, on time and living arrangements, in fact, not that I would have changed them right now anyway, being seven, eight months in. But you get catch my drift. This is when you're going through that kind of setup of a dating experience, actually very different to what you might experience if you go from single to in a relationship and you suddenly start intertwining a lot more heavily quickly. And for me, I'm quite enjoying it because it's going at a slower pace in a great way. But it also means I get to maintain this level of independence. And I still need to book my own summer holiday because that's something we have got plans and ideas for things that we want to do and there's little things booked in. But ultimately, going abroad this year, I will be doing on my own still. And I will still have opportunities to do things on my own because as a teacher, and he's not, he still only gets 24, 28 days off and I get tons more. So I need to enjoy my time off, make use of it. If I need to work, then I'll work, but I will have time off. And for all intents and purposes, part of my life still feels very single. Obviously, I don't go out on dates. I don't predominantly flirt with anyone. Not that I did anyway, but it is this idea of, okay, summer's coming up. So what am I going to do? And thinking about that, because the warmer weather's coming in and I've just bought myself an aircon to make sure I don't die, made me think that I wanted to share with you about some ideas for the summer. The reason behind wanting to get back out there and make sure that you do stuff 
whether you're in a relationship and need to do it on your own like me, or as a single, which is probably why you're listening to this, why it's important to go out there and do things on your own, why you shouldn't be holding back just because you're single. Doing stuff on your own is the most empowering thing that you can start to do. And I'm not expecting you to jump on a plane and go abroad on your own. It took me a year or two to do that. And I built myself up through small measures and I had the limitations of COVID. I actually was going to do this much sooner than I I did, but I was still single for the things that I'm going to share and describe. But to me, doing things on your own Build your own self-confidence because you trust yourself. You learn how to look after yourself. You're not relying on anyone else to navigate you in a foreign country to get the connections of flights, to make sure you're there at the airport. You learn to ask for a bit of help, possibly from people ahead of time, like getting a lift to the airport rather than having to pay the parking fees. And it also puts the pressure on you in a good way to ask for help when you're abroad. Like I hate asking cashiers or shop assistants for help, but sometimes you just need to. And where better than to push yourself in a foreign country? But prior to me going abroad, I did lots of adventures at home. And you just learn to be on your own, to live on your own, to actually experience life without anybody else. And whilst some of you are looking at the loss of that, the lack, like I wouldn't have anyone there if something went wrong. No, but you also have the freedom of not having to please anybody else whilst you're away. So I find the concept of going away with some people, difficult to imagine because I'm like, I just know they'd want to go for dinner, they'd want to do stuff and I don't. Or they would find it difficult because even on a holiday, I don't see the work that I do as work. So I would be inclined to still create content whilst I'm away. And some people would be like, you just don't have boundaries between work and your life. No, I just love what I do. And the fact I get to do it as part of my job I think is how I've made that work. I wouldn't sit there and do like lesson planning whilst I was on holiday. Absolutely not. There's a fine line. So so to other people, it would look like work and they would find it frustrating as to why I was on my phone, for example. But I'd be like, getting a tan whilst editing content would not bother me in the slightest. So actually just having the freedom to do what I want is a beautiful thing. And this is what going and doing things on your own can bring on. Depending on the activities you choose, it can also mean having experiences with new people, some people that you will never, ever speak to again, and other experiences that you might make friends to reconnect with. It's a bit like the New Year's Eve getaway where the group of girls had the weekend experience in Brighton together, but then a month or so later went out and had a brunch, a little group of them from that event. And I thought that that's what the Single Girls Club was always about. And all the events that we run and have coming up is a chance for you to meet other people to reconnect with at a later stage but it's trying to get the right people together in the room to learn something at some point about their confidence about being on their own eventually about dating and then letting them form their own friendships and take it forward but you start by doing something on your own and there's sometimes this conflict between the idea of what life should be I don't want us to get too far into the idea that you should be doing everything on your own. By all means if you want a period of time where you spend it alone and you find that you actually prefer that then go do it. There is also a part of me that wants to highlight that it's probably unhealthy to never want to spend time with anyone at all. It might be your preference, but it it begs the question about the idea of connecting to other people, social interaction. I fully appreciate there's a spectrum, but I think anyone that's at either end, i.e. cannot be on their own at all, ever, or must be on their own all the time, there probably ends of extremes there that need questioning and understanding why they're pushed so far to the end. It's somewhere in the middle that we sit of having this balance between alone time and togetherness. And it can feel difficult when you do stuff on your own 
that's really cool, like going to a festival, going to a new country, and then feeling like you don't have someone to share that with. That feeling is like, ugh. The way that I always have tackled that is to share it with people. It's funny that we seem to think that to share it with people, we have to be doing it with people. And particularly so that we need to be doing it with someone that is individually committed to us and romantically involved. I have always, when I've gone onto little adventures, sent people pictures of what has been going on. They are my nearest and dearest. And that is the way that I feel I have created strong connections with the other people around me is by going, here is my private life and you are someone that I've chosen to share it with. Now, in this day and age, you are able to share it as it happens. I remember my first trip to the shepherd's hut during covid the bit where we were allowed away for UK holidays, as it were. And I sent videos to a couple of people that knew that I was going away. It was my first summer on my own anyway. And yeah, I was able to send pictures of what I was doing there and then. Back, what, 30 years ago, even 20 years ago, when we didn't really have digital cameras so much, when we didn't have phones so regularly, you would be taking a picture maybe on a digital camera, but if not on a disposable camera, and you would have to have invited people round after you'd been to show them the pictures otherwise you were describing it to them calling them to say i'm just i'm just here i'm just there i'm having a great time you'd send a postcard whilst you were away so this idea that we must share is something that we can do in different ways they used to do it in different ways before i'm suggesting something a little bit more modern day and a bit more live and present and upcoming but this idea that we must do something with other people all the time, it is wrong because doing it on your own is something that can help you with self-discovery. It can help you with your confidence. And just tuning in to all of that can over time help you to just feel less stressed. Like you deserve a break. You deserve to go and do fun things and holidays. Now, if you do want to go away with someone, then by all means, broach it with them. I know many people that I'm thinking of are in couples And that has a certain response that's going to be, really sorry, I can't come. I'm going away with. Let's not be silly about it. I have to mentally prepare that 99% of those people would go down the route of that answer if they're even going away themselves. But what you can do is you can tactfully choose people that either don't have a partner. And if you need to find more of those, then get yourself to a relevant event, whether it's a single girls club or otherwise. And then beyond that, you choose people that Even though they have a partner, there's a reason the partner might not be able to go. So if you're a teacher and you've got a teacher friend, for example, maybe their other half can't take time off or doesn't really want to go away in the summer because it always costs them more. You know, find a way to work around it. And it doesn't need to be a full one week long holiday to a Greek island. You can be looking at a road trip to Brighton or doing a loop somewhere. It might be that you do pair up in a particular way and do something different, make it a weekend so it fits in with someone else's weekend time or just something a little bit different if you do want to do something. But you can go on holiday on your own. You can start doing activities on your own. And the beauty of summer is that there's loads of outdoor stuff going on as well as indoor things that you can keep doing or, you know, in your back garden and things like that. So all the outdoor stuff is open to you, all the parks, all the beaches, if you want to keep things low cost. And this idea of connecting with nature can also be really beneficial to your health, to your mental well-being and to getting out there and exploring. And if you want to keep busy as you do that, then I love a little bit of geocaching. If you don't know what that is, 
you will be surprised. Basically, all over the UK, there are these tiny little contraptions that just have a piece of paper in them to sign and say that you found them. But it's basically like an ongoing treasure hunt. And if you download the geocaching app, you can find where they are and it will take you there quite close to the position just through GPS. But there will be a hint as to where exactly this thing is. And sometimes they're well, they're pretty hidden. You know, they might be really disguised in some sort of fake rock. They might be tucked in a little crevice of a tree. They are, oh, one that I found, where was I? I was in Milan. Yes, it's across the globe. Um, I was in Milan and there was this fantastic metal strip that was stuck against metal railing and I could not believe it. It was wonderful. They're very discreet and you have probably walked past hundreds I guarantee it in your life and never known they're there but it's one way to like feel accomplished as you're going through because you log it and it shows up on your profile you can take a picture of it if you want without sharing it with anyone in particular you're milestoning traveling around a city exploring particular areas so that's another slightly low cost or free depending on which bit of the app you choose that you can go and do so you can go and explore. I know one of the girls from the Single Girls Club has always recommended going to do free walking tours wherever you decide to go. So if you go for a city-based place, often there are free tours, even abroad, in English, that you can be shown a particular city for free. You will be put within a group, whoever turns up on the day. And sometimes you need to book before, so do check. But you'll be with a group for a bit. And hopefully if you've got on an English tour, at least the people attending will be able to speak English and you might be able to, you know, create some conversations there so that you don't get lonely. There will be times on your trips away where you do feel a little bit like, oh, I am on my own, particularly if you're not used to that. But this is just the first experience of discomfort of something that you're not used to, of something that you haven't done before. It's a feeling we get whenever we're doing something new. Think about your first day at work. Think about your first day at uni. Think about your first day at school. Think about the first date you ever went on. You were always a little bit uncomfortable. You were always like, is this right? What do I do now? And you have to work it out. But you can only work it out by putting yourself in that position to try it out. Now, there is a particular love of mine that I want to share with you. And you will know if you've seen the stories from last summer and so on. But it's it's coming up now to festival season. Festival season is my favourite because you can make friends at a festival quite easily. Even if it's only for a set whilst you're watching a particular act. Or you can tag along with them for a little bit longer throughout the festival. Festivals sometimes scare people because they are big and overwhelming. If this is the case for you, you've got a couple of options to reconsider how you first approach a live music event. And you'll notice that the phrasing changed there. That's because, firstly, you could go and just see your favourite artist somewhere. So I am seeing Maisie Peters later on in the year. I'm going to try and see the feeling again. I feel like I've seen Scouting for Girls enough not to need to see them for a while, but you never know, something might crop up if they're nearby. That is a little bit nicer if you can go to something that you're going to feel confident and you're going for the music, right? You're going to see them as opposed to like making friends. This is not like a making friends opportunity. It's just that at festivals, the opportunity is higher. A live music event like a concert, it can still happen, but I just haven't had it happen so much. It seems like at a festival, everyone's just a little bit more relaxed, more open. It's a lot more fluid of an event and therefore you can like chop and change and no one cares. Whereas when you're at a live music event, whilst you'll feel more comfortable with the artist, maybe, I don't know if the environment's fully supportive of that. But if you want to take it a little bit smaller, you can. If you do want to commit to a festival, but you are worried about the 
expanse of that, you know, the safety of it. What do you do when you're on your own? What if something happens to you? I'll get to some safety features in a bit, but you don't have to go to one of the big national festivals yet to begin with. You can start with something more local. So last year I attended the Foodies Festival in Chelmsford in Highlands Park. That was Scout for Girls headlining. And it's a really nice kind of low-key festival that has that vibe. It's got loads of food stalls, so it's quite family-friendly. So you're dealing with a slightly different crowd to like a Reading or Leeds festival. Definitely on size, it's significantly smaller. And you still get to go and have the experience of a festival. And people will talk to you if you give opportunity for that to happen. That's one way you could address it. And it doesn't have to be the Foodies Festival. I'm not affiliated in any way. It just so happens that I went. But there are other little more local festivals that are happening in your area. If you look them up, if you find them, and if you start then getting targeted ads for them, they will pop up. I see them all the time on my feed, things semi-locally, a little bit further away. But you have to tell some sort of search engine, some algorithm that you're looking for that for sometimes them to find you. Now, if you would prefer to go to one of the bigger named festivals because you want the proper festival experience. And again, I think you're more likely to find people that are just going to talk to you the more opportunities there are at a bigger festival. Then my personal suggestion is to go to Camp Festival. I have been twice, technically speaking, on two different accounts, and I'll explain the two. The first one was part of a a thousand mile road trip that I did. And I chose Camp Festival because Sophia Lispector was playing, but unfortunately, and she wasn't even there in the end. What a shame. But I did get to see Becky Hill, who was wonderful. I had gone and I felt comfortable going to that on my own because I had experience of going to V Festival, which prior to having gone to Camp Festival, I would say would be like the most friendly festival you could have gone to. That's now over. Even though V Festival doesn't exist, if it was in existence, Camp Festival beats it by a mile. Camp Festival was created for families. The campsite is just open, not to the public, but to anyone and everyone. It's pretty, you can move wherever you want. It is designed for babes in arms to attend up to adults. The activities are designed for children. The whole system is created to be family friendly and supportive. They've got systems in place that if children get lost, you know, they're hot on it. It's a festival that has a lot of safety around it because it's designed for children. And the kind of people that are going to go to that, as I compared to before, are not your teenagers. They're not going for the hardcore music. There is music and it is a festival and it will get like that towards the end of the evening. But there are children asleep in the little carry trailer things that all the families have got. It's this really nice environment to be in. And there are two sites. You've got Shropshire and Dorset, which is lovely. So you've got two opportunities if you're a bit closer to one or the other. And that gives you the experience of a big festival with some good names going and you can feel safe in how you go. Now, I always suggest whatever festival you end up going to, if it's a big one, you get the lanyard that gives you all of the information of timings because that's just useful, but it gives you often the map. Now, Creamfields, for example, which I attended on my own because it was local to Chelmsford, has an app. It had all the information on the apps. You didn't need a lanyard. But what I'd suggest is having those because it gives you the water points, the toilet points, the first aid points, and they're the things that you want to know. When you first arrive at one of these festivals, familiarise yourself with that area. Know where those particular points are and make sure that you could get yourself there if you needed to. Now, what happens in the event that something happens to you? If you are that worried, apply the lost child policy to yourself. Lost child policies often involve wearing a wristband round the child's hand that has an adult's telephone number on them. So 
What you can do is you can, whether it's a wristband or something you keep in your wallet, just on your persons, it's a bit like having the emergency number on your phone in case of your phone dying, having a written number somewhere that says in case of emergency on it, put it on your arm, anything like that. If it's a number you don't know, make sure it's something that you can access as well. But something people could find very easily if they needed to. At a festival, whenever anyone gets hurt or is ill, people are there to help, no matter how intoxicated they are generally there's still enough people to notice if someone's fallen to the floor and and you would be picked up and there's security and helpful stewards everywhere which brings me on to my second point that if you want to go and you don't have anyone to go with but you kind of like to find some people like how do you find those people well there's two opportunities here that I can think of one is to go to festivals that facilitate and support solo people going and help you find other people, which is exactly what I'm doing at Wellnergy Festival this year. Wellnergy is taking place on Saturday 17th of June in London at Barn Elm Sports Centre, which is Southwest London Way. And as the name says, it's all about wellness. It's all about fitness, mindfulness, laughter, nutrition and music. And there's plenty that's going on with a ton of fitness professionals, health professionals, coaches there. And what I'm doing whilst I'm there is a little bit of free coaching, little 15 to 20 minute sessions, as well as running a couple of workshops to help you find one another if you're going solo. So what an opportunity if you want to try a new festival, a day festival. It's not going to be like your biggest one going ever because it's not the massive site. It's not across three days. It's starting out. It's new, but it's going to have that energy to it. And there's some great people on the lineup. Not just me, of course, but we've got other fitness professionals, including Dr. Alex George, Grace Beverly and others more to be announced. On the other hand, my personal experience last year is that there are opportunities to steward at festivals. And I will name here Hotbox Events. Hotbox Events are who I stewarded for Camp Festival Shropshire for last year. So two to three years ago, I actually went to Camp Festival Dorset and attended paying, whereas Last year, I was a Camp Festival Shropshire for the first year steward, and I got to do three shifts of eight hours and then enjoy the festival. I didn't have to pay for the festival. I got paid to be there because they had paid stewarding options for that one. But for Leeds, Reading, Latitude, Creamfields, and possibly some others, there are a mixture of paid or volunteering roles that then get you access to the festival for free. That's great if you're a single person, saves you money anyway. And then you also get this opportunity to meet all the other stewards, all the other volunteers that are there as well. And you enjoy the festival with them, whether that's hanging out in the tents, in the staff camp area, the hotbox event place, you're all together. And yes, your shift patterns mean that you align with some people more than others. So you've got the morning, you've got the afternoon, you've got the evenings. But you've got a WhatsApp chat before you go. You can arrange to actually car share if you want. Um, so you can save a little bit on petrol. And what a nice way to start trying to go to a festival by actually having people that are also there predominantly on their own. They may have met each other before if they've done it for years before. And they may be like, oh, my God, I can't wait. I saw you last year. How have you been? And they haven't spoken in between. Others stay in touch in between. But it's just this whole concept that you have opportunities to meet other people. It means you don't have to do the entire festival alone. You might literally find someone who wants to go and see everything with you. I would, for the one of the nights, I sat out, I was shattered. I just wanted to be on my own. So I did. Another time, I was ready to go to the front for, let you won't believe it, scouting for girls again. So down the front I went. I was determined. We saw a little bit of Gok Wan. 
DJing. And this was just like a little group of three or four of us that were sort of had gone to see Scout for Girls and we moved somewhere else and we moved somewhere else. And at that point then I was like, I'm cool. I don't need to see... It was Becky Hill again. I don't need to see Becky Hill again. Like, I'm sure she's great. And I'd seen Fat Boy Slim at Creamfield, so I didn't need to see him. That was the night I think I sat out. I did my own thing, but you had the opportunity to be with other people and you're on shift with other people. And it's just a nice way to do it. So you get... You could possibly get paid. You could just do it for free and have your free ticket. But what a way to enjoy a festival. So I will always talk about going on festivals, but there's other things that you can do. It can be as simple as going to explore a city. Traveling on your own might feel scary. Build yourself up. If you're not used to driving long distances on your own, then don't go too far. Do a 45 to an hour's radius from where you live. Hopefully you can build up to that. Maybe after that, you'll do a two hour journey with a stop halfway and be able to take yourself a little bit further afield. Don't forget, you've got trains, but they're not going to get you to remote places. So if you're looking to stay somewhere a little bit quirky, do something a bit different, then car is going to make it a little bit easier. But there will be some options for public transport at times, I'm sure. When you're going on your flight for the first time, if you've not done it on your own, it really isn't that bad. If you want to get to the airport nice and early, as I would, because I love a Weatherspoon's breakfast or McDonald's breakfast, depending on what they've got there, then I take it like a leisurely part and don't rush around. Um, It can feel a bit scary because I didn't have transfers when I did the surprise trip. It wasn't included. So for the first time in my life, I've always had package holidays, which get me to the door of the hotel. I don't have to think about anything normally. I just have to find the right coach. Well, I had to buy a ticket for the bus for this one. I was fine. I just went to the ticket machine, got one and then put a mask on at the time and walked on. I was more stressed about the return because I was like, where's the bus stop to get back? It was not the same as where I was dropped off. But you just work these things out and you give yourself plenty of time so that if something goes wrong, you can get a second one, you can get a taxi, whatever it might be that you need to do to get yourself there. Like think ahead. It's a natural strategy. It's the usual strategy of what's the worst that could happen here? How do I make sure it doesn't happen? What backups can I give myself to reassure myself this won't happen? Now, lastly, I just want to address the idea that you might be outed as being the one on your own. For safety reasons, always have a couple of backup stories if you're ever away of keeping a ring on your finger if you want and say, oh, my fiance is just back at the tent. Oh, my fiance is just back at the hotel. If you feel that concerned. I have said that I need this as a backup story. I have never to this day used that as a backup story. Generally, I have explained what I'm doing after I've established who these people are. But I don't like give loads of information away. People aren't getting my Instagram. It's not about that. It's purely about having conversations about who you are, what you do, why you're at a festival. On the other hand, you might feel like you're going to be judged for being on your own. In a festival environment, for example, not a thing. People are actually usually pretty impressed with you if you've turned up to a festival on your own. And you often get the response, I could never do that. And they're like, cool how confident of you to come away on your own and they might even question like, are you not worried and you might go yeah I mean it's a bit daunting but if I don't try it I'm never going to do it and that's the attitude that you want to have if you never go out there and do stuff on your own you're never going to build your confidence you have to do things one step at a time if you can't go out there and you aren't prepared to do stuff on your own you're going to live a limited life because if you're saying I must have someone to go with me well at certain times there won't be people to go with you so the alternative is So the alternative is, is that you just don't do that thing. I don't like that alternative. I want to be able to do things in my life, regardless of my relationship status. So I'm going to go out and do those things that I say. 
Now, it doesn't have to be festivals. Go to a museum. Go to see a theatre show. All of those exciting things. Visit Covent Garden if you've never been. Visit a new city. Whatever it is that you want to do and that is potentially summer-based, then go do it. Yes, there's versions that you can do in winter as well. But this is the time to start thinking, what can I do in festivals, events, fun stuff, outdoor activities, other things that are going to be great in summer. You can't always guarantee the weather. I'm sure some of you will experience a washout during some of your events. That's the fun of British summertime. You'll often find that people do not care that you are there on your own. Tell me the last time that you noticed someone doing something on their own that you felt was out of place. I'm trying to think of something as I've asked that now, and that was my point. I don't think you notice people on their own. I'm trying to think, have I, have I sat in a restaurant recently? Have I sat somewhere where I felt like someone was on their own? I just think that we think, when we're single, we think that more people are going to judge us for sitting on our own because they think it's weird. Oh, the man at the pub the other night, he was just sat at the bar on his own. But I didn't sit and look at him and think, oh, poor him sitting at the pub bar on his own. I just thought... He must be having a lovely time and doesn't want to go home right now. The stories that we make up about people can be whatever they are. He didn't seem out of place, though, might I add. He seemed absolutely very comfortable with being at that pub bar. It's not something that outwardly sticks out. We think more of what people are going to think of us than people actually do. So don't let that fear of judgment of other people worry you. I've eaten meals on my own. I've sat in pubs on my own. I've sat at cafes on my own. I've gone to pick up the food from a food store at a festival and sat on the grass on my own. None of it is going to seem out of place. Hardly anyone's paying attention to that. They're just trying to enjoy the festival themselves. They're having a restaurant in the pub themselves. There's not a lot really being thought about. But this is the time to start planning summer. This is the time to start getting ideas for what you want to do. Budgeting, of course, because can't do everything all the time because the cost, but we can do the best that we can and start working out what it is that you want to do to do your solo summer activities this year. I recommended a ton of little festivals in there. I'll drop some links in just for recommendations of being able to attend certain festivals I've been to that I'm affiliated with. Or if you want to join Hotbox and do some of the volunteering or paid work, then that's there as well. Something that I have used in the past and would recommend to you. Let me know about any of your stories and the plans that you've made since listening to this podcast episode. Drop me a message on Instagram. And if you want to start getting confident with all of this in your single life, then head to the description and hit the single life confidence quiz where you can get personalized feedback on the areas of single life that you can start working on to build yourself up, to get your confidence sorted and your self-esteem underway. Until next time, everybody, keep celebrating single life together.